Hey, so today, like almost every Sunday, we're just going to be talking about Jesus and the kingdom and the good news, something that happened 2,000 years ago that's still affecting lives today and transforming lives. So let's just uh, pray. Let's just open our hearts to God. Father, we just uh, we say we need you right now. Holy Spirit, we just need you to open up our hearts to hear the King of Kings, God, to hear Jesus speak to us directly. God, I pray that you would just put an expectation right now on all of us, God, that you want to minister to us, you want to speak to us, you want to make sense of even things going on in our lives. God, we're grateful for rescuing us, God. We're grateful that you reached down, God, that you grabbed all of us at one point on this journey. God, really got a hold of us. And so we're asking, Holy Spirit, do it again. God, do it again. No matter where we're at right now, we just ask. Just ask Jesus just to increase passion. It's a prayer I pray all the time. It's for me, my kids, for you guys. But Jesus, we just say increase our passion for you, our desire for you, our longing from you. God, it, it takes you to love you, God. And so we're just asking, God, that we'd get a glimpse of you that would cause love and desire to well up in our hearts right now. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So just open up with a tiny story here. Uh, back in the day, probably 2006, we got a dog, a golden retriever named Barnabas. And some of you guys had met Barnes. Uh, he passed away like eight months ago, which was quite challenging. Um, but Barnes was the best. And I know some of you are probably like, nah, my dog was the best. Nah, Barnes was the best. Um, <laughs> but he was a remarkable dog. I mean, we, we were in a house of 20-plus people. So he grew up with, like, 25 people for his first, like, year of his life. And he would always get out. I would try to tell people, close the gate, do this, do this, get electric fence. He'd bust through the fence. Anyway, typical dog. Get, you know, so many stories of going into houses to get Barnabas back and be like, dude, we smoked out your dog. I was like cool, you know, dude, we fed him Cheetos, not cool, um, but Barnes was well-loved in the city, to say the least, I would take him for walks, and people would just know Barnabas, they would never ask, what's your name, Barnabas, I'm right here, what's up, my name's Jason, I'm the owner, um, but about two years ago, um, I lose track of time out here, but we got another golden retriever named Jehu, Jehu's nothing like Barnabas. Love Jehu. <laughs> but God takes this name thing serious. We don't want to get into the story of Jehu. Jehu was a wild man. Barnabas means son of encouragement, and he was that. Um, but we would do church in the backyard for like a solid year. In the summer, we'd do church there. We've done church out here, and now we're doing church here. But Barnabas would just cruise, and he would just find the people. He was a total filler because he would find those that were like sad, and he would just like drop his head on them. And afterwards, people were like, I don't know how you did that with your dog. It's like, I didn't do anything. Like, <laughs> he found you, you know? Um, but what I loved about Barnes and why I was like, okay, this, is, this could work. I got Jehu thinking, hey, if we get another dog, Barnabas, you can disciple Jehu. I didn't have the conversation in, in advance, but I figured, I was like, he can get discipled by you. You're amazing, you know? Um, that, that didn't work out so well. Um, Ivy, we love Isla Vista, but it can get kind of wild here sometimes, you know, and so we've had people try to break in through the front, drunk, you know, demonic assignments, like, oh, no, Molinos, you know, Satan, get back. Um, people in the back, I mean, we've had some weird things, so it's really nice to have a dog, you know, because he barks and he scares people away and whatnot. Um, but when I try to bring discipleship into this picture, 
I would go on walks, and Barnes would just be doing his nice, peaceful walk, and Jehu would be nuts. <laughs> and then I would try to, like, show him how to eat, you know, like, watch how slow he eats, chills, Jehu nuts. You know, to this day, Jehu's still kind of nuts, but he's a whole lot better. Um, but here's what I'm getting at, is what Jehu would want to always do and still does is he wants to push you into something. He wants to lead. And Barnabas would be so happy just to be led. And I feel like there's such a beautiful picture in discipleship of learning to just go with Jesus and how he leads us so gently and so easily. So God never pushes anyone into something. He just gently sometimes pulls you in the right direction. 1 John 5, 3 says this, the commandments of God are not burdensome. I want you to hear that right now. Some of you need that. God's commandments have never been a burden. And John wrote that. John the beloved, the one who leaned on Jesus. In his old age, he's writing, you know what, guys? I want you to know something. These commandments, these words of Jesus, they're not intended to be burdensome. And the life of faith was never intended to be this challenging and difficult thing. But sometimes we can invite a harder life onto ourselves when we're not living it from a place of love, where we're not living it from a place of a yoke that's easy and a burden that's light. Two weeks ago, some of you were here. Who was here two weeks ago when I preached? All right, half of you. Cool. Um, anyway, I put this pulpit on myself and with Isabella, and I was trying to demonstrate how this was like a yoke, you know. <laughs> I was Jesus, and afterwards I found out I really was Jesus because the thing was actually pretty heavy on my side. She's like, I didn't feel any weight. I was like, I was feeling all the weight. <laughs> but uh, I took us to, um, and I want to read it again here, Matthew 11. And today, just so you know, a lot of times I'm more preaching. Today feels a little more like teaching, so just stay with it. But in Matthew 11, Jesus says this, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me mix it up for some of you who need it in the Message Bible. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Come on, guys, hear that. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hear this, guys. Jesus is saying, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn. Learn an unforced rhythm of grace to your life. The context of this verse, which I can't get into all of it, but it's the context in Matthew 11 where he's talking about religion. He's talking about trying to obey God outwardly, but your heart isn't connected to God like the Pharisees. He's talking about living a life where you're trying to please God all the time. But I want to free us up, guys, and I know you've heard this, those have come around here, but Jesus does not have a scorecard over your life. Some of you got to hear that. Some of you need to hear this today. Jesus does not have this scorecard. He doesn't have a clipboard around you. He's trying to connect with your heart. And sometimes we think we can earn God's love, God's favor, God's acceptance by our outward obedience. 
but you're already a son and you're already a daughter and you already have the eyes of heaven on you. Guys, and if we're not careful, we can turn this gospel, this good news, because that's what the gospel means. If you're not hearing good news, you're not hearing the gospel. We can turn the gospel into one of sin management, old or young. I've seen it in both. I've seen it in my old life. You can easily flip the gospel into this place where you're trying to manage your sin and your focus is on the sin and on trying to behavior and trying to overcome thing. when the reality is we're learning the unforced, right, rhythms of grace. What changes us? The grace of God, right? You can't change yourself. One plant, another waters, only God can cause growth. How you guys doing? It's quiet out there. <laughs> right on. I love that we're outside. I love being able to hear the birds, hear nature. You know, often we can make the Christian life really complicated. Really complicated. It feels like you got to jump through a bunch of hurdles to get to God or get back to God. When Jesus is offering every one of us rest for our souls today. There's a life in God that he wants to give us. One of my life verses, me and Holly's, when we came out to Isla Vista and since we've been out here is, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. Don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, I think if you sat a lot of believers down, you said, hey, what did Jesus preach about most? What was Jesus' main message when he walked the earth? Some of you know what I'm going to say right now, hopefully, right? The kingdom of God. That was Jesus' central message when he came to earth, the kingdom of God. Literally over 160 times he's referencing the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom is like this, the values of the kingdom are this. He's inviting us into this life where he's king and we're learning of this life with him. Hmm. You know, the last thing Jesus said, which you always want to pay attention to, like, first things, last things, middle things, all of it, but last things especially, too. <laughs> but the last thing he says before he's floating away, he literally floated away. I can't, I hope heaven has, like, a movie reel that we're like, I so wanted to watch that live. But, like, he's literally, his last words, he says, go, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all I commanded you. And lo, or our version now, yo, I'm with you, even to the end of the age. He wasn't saying just like go put people in water and go, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, move on. He was saying literally immerse them into the life of the Trinity, of the Godhead, 
Help people to know that they have a father, that they're not orphaned anymore, that they're loved, that they're accepted. Help them to understand this man, Jesus, that rescued them, saved them, that his grace is at work, that he came to live his life and their life. Help them to understand that the spirit is always with them, and that's in constant fellowship. That's good news, isn't it? Phew. And I'll say this, guys, if you're confused about the kingdom, because if this is Jesus's central message and we're literally disciples of Jesus, students of Jesus, apprentice of Jesus, read the Gospels. Immerse yourself in the words of Jesus. I mean, Jesus talked about the kingdom. Jesus demonstrated the kingdom and then Jesus embodied the kingdom. What is the kingdom like? If you're like, what is the kingdom like? Look at Jesus. It's always the Sunday school answer, right? <laughs> Look at Jesus. I love that. He's always inviting us. And you got to have the lens when you read the scriptures from a son to a father, a father to a daughter. And not one of law, but one of grace, realizing he's inviting you constantly into his life, into his ways. This is my thought. This may not be a true thought, but I found it true in my own life. That most of my stress, worries, and fears is because I'm trying to move it this way, and God's inviting me into this way. And I just believe that a lot of stress that most people are going through is self-imposed stress when we're trying to build our own kingdom and he's inviting us into his kingdom. When he calls us to be aliens and strangers in this world, your life is like a vapor, yet we're trying to make this world everything. Anyone ever drink tea and you watch the vapor go up, there's your life gone. <laughs> I mean, it's that quick. It's kind of sometimes a little shocking. You're like, for real, that was my life? Yeah, your life's like a vapor. Store up treasures, Jesus says, where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. Store up your treasures where? In heaven. And I'll say this, guys. Either the words of Jesus are true or we're just wasting our time. Like we're straight out. This is the stupidest thing we can be doing. Either Jesus is real and I'm going to put all my chips on this thing or like forget it. And there's a reason I've been in Isla Vista for 20 years and have no plan B. It's because I believe the kingdom's everything. And that when we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all things will be added unto you. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. Why? I'm really anxious, but tomorrow will care for itself. This is Jesus. This isn't Jason's words. This is Jesus. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He's inviting us into moment-by-moment -moment dependence on him, life with him. He's saying this kingdom, heaven, is actually all around you, available at all times. And then another place in Luke, Jesus says the kingdom of God is within you. It's literally within you. And that there's access to it. Sometimes I'll go drive. I'm driving, right, on the 101. And I'll just put my hand out. Why? Because you know who's riding in the passenger seat? Jesus. I'm just like, dude, let's just hold hands right now. And I'll just talk to you about some stuff and pray. Because he's that real. Jesus is here. Oh, they're rusty. Jesus is here. But that needs to be a reality. 
He says, I'm the God who's with you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to walk amongst you. You're going to be my sons and my daughters. Our God reality is so vital to our health and life. And you can't get God reality on the fly. You got to continue to be with him and learn of him and put your hand out to him and talk with him. And this God reality just gets more and more real. I remember when I was young in the Lord, some of you may be there. I'm like, I'm getting weird. This Jesus thing. Like, I, do I really want to do this Jesus thing? Like, I was kind of cool in the world. Like, what the frick? This is weird. You know, and, and like God just kept wooing me. Never did I ever feel shoved. I always felt like he was just a gentle pull, a gentle invite into something that I longed for. And that's what some of us aren't convinced yet. That our greatest longings, our greatest desires, our greatest satisfaction is actually found in the person of Jesus. Guys, if we're honest, sometimes we just want to do it our way, right? The Burger King slogan, what is it? Have it your way? I want it my way. I don't know what it is. It's something like that. <laughs> but, guys, a healthier life actually looks like this. God, what are you doing? What are you already doing? What are you blessing? Where's your spirit moving? What are you already building? What can I get involved in? Sometimes we want to do our own projects, and then we're like, God, bless that project. Bless what I'm doing. And then we find ourselves tired. Like, I don't know why I'm tired. I thought this was God. He's like, I never said to do that. You said to do that. He's like, I was leading you this way. And I was moving on this, and I was already blessing this. And you try to hijack it and do it that way. See, what begins in the spirit is sustained by the spirit. But if you do it in the flesh, you're going to have a lot of work. Does that make sense? I'm finding this life in Jesus only gets better. <laughs> I'm the happiest I've ever been, the most joyful I've ever been, the more peace I've ever had. I'm almost 20 years into this thing with him. It only gets better. When it says glory to glory, it means that. Strength to strength, it means that. Faith to faith, it means that. It's not like I don't have new challenges and harder things, but I'm convinced now he is so with me through it all. And am I like any other human? Do I doubt at times? Do I have my own frustrations, my own battles? Yes. Listen to this, guys. And I know you know this, and everyone, even someone who's a non-believer here could be like, dude, I know that psalm too. But just hear it. Hear it fresh. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. For real, Jesus, there's a life in you free from want. Jesus is my shepherd. I shall not want. <laughs> find me someone who doesn't want, and you're going to find someone of contentment, deep contentment. 
The Lord is my shepherd. David's like, I'm free from want. Wow. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. So check it out. Where is Jesus leading you in life? Green pastures. Sounds good again, right? Quiet waters. I think we're going to do well to put our hand in his hand. Be like, this is a really healthy place you're leading me. And then here's the kicker. He restores my soul. A soul that's restored? Please, God, show me how. I mean, people would pay millions if they had it. To have a soul that's restored? To have a peace that you can't surpass? I mean, this is why in the first recession, millionaires are committing suicide, dying with millions, but they lost millions. This is why people win the Super Bowl and they get to their hotel after all the champagne, after all the party, and they feel dead still inside. What is that about? Because there's nothing that can restore your soul than the life of God. There's stuff that can relieve soul, right? You're like, I need some Mike and Nikes. My soul's feeling a little bit better. Yeah, go ahead. It's one of God's favorite candies. But if you're turning to Mike and Nikes all the time to get your soul restored, that ain't going to work. I had a girl back in the day that was hooked on um, breath mint things, whatever they were called. She would eat so many. What? Keep going. Altoids. She popped those things like crack. I mean, I challenged her too. I was like, I think you may be hooked on these. I like them. I'm like, okay, that's between you and God. We're going to leave it there. Guys, he's inviting us into a healthier life. The end of verse 3, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Guys, he's guiding us into a healthier life. We already did the last words of Jesus. Let me do the first words of Jesus. Steps on the scene, first thing out of his mouth, repent. Why? Why would I do that, Jesus? Because the kingdom of heaven, it's at hand. Basically, rethink your thinking because heaven's available right now. Isn't that so good? Rethink the way you're thinking about this whole thing. Why? Because heaven, it's available right now. I think it's Graham Cook that said repentance is just having a new thought. It's like I was thinking like this, now I got a new thought. <laughs> it's going in a new direction. You were going one way, and then you just pivot it and be like, I should go this way. Guys, all of life, if you're really walking with Jesus, is full of repentance. Get over the perfect life. That is so stupid. Get a kid. Wait, get married. Hold up. Get married. Watch how a kid just like drools, poops in its pants, craps, cries. Then they start crawling. You're like, wow, that's amazing. And then they push up on something. You're like, oh, my gosh, look what my kid did. And then they take their first step, and it's like game over if it's your first kid. You're just like, my kid's amazing. He's going to change the world. He took a step. 
And then they walk, fall, walk, fall, and then eventually they're walking. And then I'm freaking out. You know, Isaac's riding his bike now, and I'm just like, yeah, you're a champion. But there's progression. There's process. There's journeying with God through all these things. Get over the arrival mentality. Celebrate what God's doing in your life right now. And remember this. My mentor told me this. Saved me so much stress. God's finger is usually on one or two things in your life. If, he's, if you're hearing a bunch of things and overwhelmed, that's probably not God. Because he's not trying to overwhelm you. He's just addressing one or two things and inviting you into that. I heard someone say this. We come to understand the kingdom mostly by repenting. <laughs> yes. We come to understand the kingdom mostly by repenting. Man, I just don't know how. I'm just, I love true statements because I'm like, yes, that is so true. I mean, parenting, parenting, you are constantly, if you're going to be a good parent, you better parent with the Holy Spirit. I mean, straight up. I mean, yesterday we found Isaac, you know, our six-year-old. Well, I didn't find him. This is what nice having a lot of kids. There's a lot of eyes trying to get what you found him. Jojo's hands up. Thanks, girl. Appreciate that. My kids will sell each other out. <laughs> Dang it. I'm trying to raise some unity up in here, Lord. <laughs> Love covers a multitude of sins. No. Good job, girl. I needed that. Anyway, so they told me, and uh, Isaac was stealing beef jerky. Yeah, beef jerky. That's good stuff. So I was like, all right, bring Isaac in, you know. And he comes in, and he's got the, the guilt to look, you know. He's just like, like Isaac, what's up? He's like, what's, what's up? I was like, I heard you were stealing something. What was going on? He's like, yeah. It's like, how many pieces have you ate already? He's like, three. I'm like, huh. You know, and right in that moment as a parent, because depending when you catch you, sometimes you're on a good moment, sometimes you're not. You never know, with, you know, with parents. Um, but I was in all right, you know. <laughs> and so I'm, like, tuned into God right now as he's talking. I'm like, God, what do you want me to do right now? Send your peace retreat, want consequence. What's going on, God? God's like, give him another piece of beef jerky. I'm like, say what? Give him another piece of beef jerky. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So it was just a cool moment because Isaac was like, you know, he thought he was going to get it. And then it was like, hey, buddy. You know, that's not right. Let's not do that. Here's another piece of beef jerky. He's like, you saw me. He's just like, what the world? <laughs> like, and then I think it was JoJo and the kids are like, why is he getting a piece of beef jerky? I'm like, I don't know. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Like, Lord bless him. <laughs> Driving. God will talk to you if you want. If you don't want to listen to the voice of the Spirit while you drive. I'm coming back from Yosemite. You know, I went up there last Sunday with Samuel. It was amazing. So many, like, moments that you're just, like, you can't even, like, spontaneous awe. You know, you're just like, oh, like, this is creation. This is stupid. This is amazing, God. One time I get all teary-eyed. Man, it just blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. But coming back, finding myself going 80 on the 46, you know, I'm just, like, going 80, you know. And I'm finding my heart, like, feeling a little fearful stress. I'm like, what is that? And it's just like, I look down, I'm like, oh, I'm going 80. And it was just that thought. It's not like I hear the audible voice of God, but God's like, if you just go more the speed limit, you're going to feel really good right now. It's like, that's such a good idea. 
cruise control at a 70, you know? And it's just like all that fear, all that like anxiety just like came off of me. Not trying to bring conviction here, but let it be, Lord. <laughs> Guys, you know who the happiest person was to ever walk the earth? Jesus. Straight up. Most people don't think that. There was no one more happy that walked the earth than Jesus. He was always full of the fruit of the Spirit. He was without sin. He wasn't going 80 on the donkey or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he just did what the Father was doing. The man was so happy. Hebrews 1 says, he loved righteousness. He hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, his God, listen up, guys. Therefore, God, his God, anointed him with the oil of joy above his companions. Frick. Jesus had the oil of joy? What is that? I want that. Love righteousness. Hate lawlessness. Have the oil of joy above your companions. You're just like, hello. They're like, what's up with you? Oil of joy. <laughs> Guys, who is the smartest person to ever walk this earth? You don't think it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Who was smarter? He created everything. He, he was the smartest brain ever. He was a freaking genius, smarter than anyone in Oxnard or Oxford. Thank you. Thank you. Redeeming myself up in here. We don't think Jesus was a genius. He was a genius. Literally, Jesus the genius. Guys, who mastered life? Literally, who mastered life? We go to influencers. We're like, they got a huge YouTube following. I'm going to figure out how to master life. I'm going to go to that TED Talk. I'm going to go to this other place. Not to say you can't pull chunks of wisdom, but if you want to figure out who mastered this thing, who literally mastered it, just like tapped out, hit the Father's hand, be like, we did it. Straight up, you and me, baby. That was Jesus. He mastered life. See, here's the difference between you and me. Nope. Here's the difference between us and the disciples. The disciples came at Jesus not as a savior. They didn't enter in as a savior. That's how we normally enter in. They entered in as, you're my rabbi. You're my rabboni. You're my teacher. I'm going to sit under you as an apprentice, and I'm going to learn of you because something about you is different than every other rabbi. You're carrying this weird thing, this oil of joy, this peace. Your words are super wise. People treat you one way, and you come back another way. You're so different. What is this? They found Savior later in the ballgame. But they came at Jesus says, I want to learn of you. And sometimes we can just be like, Savior, cool, got it. But then we don't want to enter into being a student, a learner, a disciple, an apprentice. Yet that's what we were called to be. That's one of our identities, a disciple of Jesus. Jesus taught us actually a lot about happiness. 
you could interchange the word bless and happiness. Not all the time, but sometimes in the context. And I'm going to read to you guys nine ways that you can be happy. You can actually increase your happiness in life if you go to the master who mastered life and be like, I'm going to do it that way. He's like, let's do this. Happy are the poor in spirit. Say what? There's happiness by being poor in spirit? Yeah. For there is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn. Those who are sad by the injustices. Those who just mourn for the sins of humanity. Happy are those people, for they're going to be comforted. Happy are the gentle or the meek, for they're going to inherit the earth. You ever been around a humble person? It feels like they are inheriting the earth, right? You're just like, what the frick's up with this person? Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they're going to be satisfied. Happy are the merciful, for they're going to receive mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Frick, happy are the peacemakers, for they're going to be called sons of God. Happy are those who have been persecuted. Wait, there's happiness in this? Who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for there is the kingdom of heaven. We're like, I'm offended. Jesus is like, you can be happy. Happy are you when people insult you, say what, and persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me? Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who came before you. Happy. I think we should listen to the happy man. Oh, Jesus, we love you. So, guys, here's the question for all of us today. Just making it real personal. Am I a disciple of Jesus? Am I learning of him? And like I said, don't complicate it. Discipleship is as simple as putting your hand into God's hand, letting him lead you, letting him guide you, helping you to course correct, helping you have new thoughts, new thinking about certain people, situations. The Bible says this in Proverbs 16. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it's the way of death. Don't think that you think right about everything. Realize you actually need God to be like, can you align my thoughts? I don't know if they're fully right right now about this person, this situation, this nation, this world. Show me your thoughts. Let me end here with a little demonstration. Actually, I need my wife back. Wife, Holly, I'm never supposed to call her that from the front. I love you. Can you come back? Oh, you're beautiful. Okay, but I actually probably need you over here. It's going to be hard to do the demonstration from there. All right, I'm, we're just doing discipleship. And today I get to be Jesus, and you get to be the disciple. Oh, yeah, don't worry. We're using, we're going over there, too. All right, let's go. <laughs> so here's, here's what Jesus says. He says this. He says, if someone slaps you on one cheek, 
<laughs> oh, that's 20 years of marriage. <laughs> Turn your other cheek. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is the disciple. So you're just learning. <laughs> and realize this, that Jesus is calling all of us into an upgrade of how we're going to respond to situations and to people. Because the first smack will cause you to go like, I'm going to attack. Oh, hell no. Don't you know who I am? But what Jesus says is what? Oh, turn the other cheek. Keep moving on. Thank you, Wes. You did your role. It's good smacks. <laughs> Give it up for Holly. Yeah. Let's go. Let's keep walking. This is great. We'll go to this side. Isn't my disciple amazing? So good. You're so happy about him. Ready? Remember, the words of Jesus, why a lot of people don't read them, honestly, is they're really challenging. They're straight up. Like, he says things that are so challenging. You're like, for real? No. So you say, give me a jacket and show me. Give me a jacket. No, dude, I love this jacket. What? Give us a jacket. And then after you get sued, what does he say? I'm not going to do it right now. There's just too many buttons. But maybe I will. He basically says, then give him your shirt. Right? Give him your shirt. overcome evil in this world? Does anyone know? We overcome evil with? But again, unless our life is given to God and submitted to God and yielded to God, you're not going to want to even give up the jacket, let alone the next layer of clothing, right? And I want to say this. The words of Jesus are not law. They're invitation into relationships. Keep this one short. So you tell me, ah, Fisher, here we go. You tell me, let's go. You're going with me one mile. Go ahead, stand up. (laughs) Tell me what you do. Um, We just do a little laugh, yeah. All right, let's go. One mile. Yep. Come on. Oh, oh, that's what we do. See, there's nothing wrong. There's redundancy to follow one mile. You go one mile, what does Jesus say? Go another. Go another. Let's go two. I mean, who wants to go two? I just did the dishes. I'm not going to do the dishes again. We don't want to go two. We don't want to. He's offending me. What do I need to do right now? Release him. Forgive him. Put you back on the cross in the sense of your sins are forgiven. <laughs> All right, give it up for Andrew. Give it up for Sean. All right, fams, you guys are amazing. So I'll admit this the secret, the secret to the happy life is the yoke of Jesus. It really is. It's his ways. It's his thoughts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cool. Man, my wife slapped me pretty good, I think.
She's the real deal, man. She ain't going to mess around. She's like, opportunity for sure. <laughs> Bless you. Um, well, Jesus, we just say, help us, God, to put your words into practice, God, and just see if they're true. God, if they really live, just produce, I should say, a yoke that's easy, a burden that's light, and rest for the soul. God, even this week, help us to put your words into practice. And God, just take religion off of us, that we would never see the commands as burdensome, but as the life that brings joy, that brings peace. God, your kingdom, it says in Romans 14, that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, shalom, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen.